Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back. It's been, God, a year since I've done a review, but figure what better chance to do one than with Iron Man 3 just coming out. Agreed. Um, I'll get a second on that. Agreed. Oh, that that's a new voice that you're recognizing. That's my good friend Scott here. This is Josh Hunter, your uh, host, I guess. Been, been drinking. MC, a if you will. <laughs> there you go. Been, been, been drinking a little bit, so so bear with me. We'll get through this. This is the point, right? Yeah. Yeah. If there is an alcohol involved, we're not doing our job, right? <laughs> we're here to help you people. But anyways, we're here to talk about, I think, one of the easily most anticipated movies of the summer in Iron Man 3. And between me, Scott here, and uh, Mr. Colin, who will be joining us on our Star Trek uh, audio review, I was the one by far looking forward to this the most. I've been watching all the trailers, been mentioning it pretty much every other day, as Scott will tell you. He's well, I mean, every day, you probably say that every <laughs> day. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, <laughs> The countdown was... Very clear. Yeah, not not quite as bad as when I was waiting for the Olsons to turn eighteen, but still pretty good. But anyway. it's like pretty neck and neck. Yeah, close enough. But <laughs> but uh, with this movie coming out, I was really concerned a little bit because in the nerd community, at least, Iron Man One is regarded as maybe the quintessential comic book movie. Maybe Dark Knight's right there in the same. Uh, conversation, and then Iron Man 2 came out, and that was just a, a money grab. I mean, it wasn't a terrible movie, but it damn sure wasn't as good as it should have been, so the interesting thing about this being is that with the Avengers coming out, pre-Avengers, at least, Iron Man 2 will fly. I mean, that would work, but after seeing the Avengers come together and seeing how good that movie was, uh, Iron Man 2, another one of those, wouldn't fly in a movie like, after seeing something like The Avengers. Pun intended. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. Uh, I'm so much more clever than I realized. <laughs> but but uh, seeing all the trailers and everything and realizing that Favreau wasn't doing this one, surprisingly, and they got Shane Black to do it, who's only directed two movies, I believe. Uh, Lethal Weapon and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I think that's the only things he's actually directed. Which are, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a great movie, by the way. And Lethal Weapon is easily one of the best films of the 80s. Actually, to this day, it's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. Um, I was optimistic, but I was cautiously optimistic because... Well, coming from a uh, comic-slash-nerd perspective, (laughs) obviously you're going to be excited. And one of your favorite actors is in it as well. So, the build-up... The anticipation, if it didn't meet your anticipation, is going to be kind of a bummer, but, well, you know, it did. Well, the problem with this movie, well, not problem, but one of the things with this movie is that Marvel's Phase 2 launches with this movie, so Marvel has a lot right on this, because this leads into Thor, the Dark World, which leads into Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which leads into the Avengers 2, which leads into Doctor Strange, and it's just all kind of snowballs from this film, so was it good? Yeah. It, wait, it, wait, wait, wait. Okay, all right. Let's 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 rewind here. Let's um, let's go through. Well, the the reaction now compared to coming out of the movie might be different. Correct. Not that much. Actually. No. Not not that much. We coming out because we coming out giving it one grade and we talked about it for a while, didn't we? We 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 did. Like, but 
Okay, you know, before we yeah, get, before yeah, we get into let's, that, let's we'll, we'll, we'll give you a very, very brief summary. By the way, um, <clears throat> subscribe to our channel because we're fantastic and we're here for you guys. But you don't have to worry about spoilers with our audio reviews unless we go, hey, at from this point on, we're going to talk about spoiler material. <clears throat> we'll but have a great sound bite in there for spoiler. There you go. We'll, so. pro- we'll probably have this cat meowing or something like that. But, <laughs> but, but, but basically, guys, you don't have to worry about spoilers. But basically, uh, starting off this movie, it kind of it's almost more of an Avengers sequel than an Iron Man 2 sequel. It's almost like they... It almost felt like a reboot. It, it, it kind of felt like Skyfall of Iron Man, mm. if it makes any sense. Like, they kind of like how they had Casino Royale... And then Quantum Souls came out, which was meh. And then they kind of went like, oh, okay, that movie wasn't that good. Let's just kind of almost reboot the reboot that we did. It, mm-hmm. was, it, it felt like that after the, after the Avengers. It was like, okay, we have this movie that made a ridiculous amount of money. And we kind of established Iron Man as a more central character and kind of grounded him a little more. So let's just ignore the crap fest that was Iron Man 2. Let's just kind of reboot him again. And... So, I would highly recommend watching The Avengers before you watch this movie. You don't need to see Iron Man 2. You can skip Iron Man 2. It's kind of actually pointless to kind of watch. Yeah, if you just went Iron Man 1, just straight to Iron Man 3, you really wouldn't miss too much um, um, in the way of uh, action slash plot line. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's not disregarded. <clears throat> it, it, it's almost disregarded. So you're almost kind of wasting two hours by watching this. It. It's like this uh, self recognition of what actually happened in the second movie. I mean, like, alright, okay. It's time to reboot a little bit on this third one. So this movie actually picks up. It starts off with a flashback to 1999, and which was very interesting. They, they start off playing Eiffel 65, which I was like, oh god, I do remember the song, but. <laughs> it starts to, but but like what but the cool thing about this movie though and, and this is in no way spoiler but it actually shows that yeah Tony Stark is this great character and he's charismatic and he's mm-hmm. rich and he's smart mm-hmm. but it's like but it does kind of show you that if you're a dick to someone and they kind of hold on to it it can come back to bite you and I appreciate that the fact that the movie kind of goes well just a very just a recognition of that it's very hard to see in sequels that. <clears throat> There's a recognition of, hey, being a little bit of a dick, it, uh, it comes back to bite you once in a while. And, and he was a total, and, and uh, Guy Pierce, by the way, who plays a Killian, was awesome in this, but, yeah, you see Robin Jr., and he's still in that Tony Stark, like, the peak of his just arrogance, just before Oh, he- absolutely. Completely <laughs> just whatever you think Tony Stark is, that is Robert Downey Jr. and his cockiness, that's just, it's... You know, full force in this movie. Now, now to just pretty much give you a very quick summary. Basically, um, Tony Stark is suffering from the from the event after the Avengers. It's a really, really subtle thing, but I appreciate the fact they brought this in because even as a kid, I watched Star Trek and go, "You're going through wormholes and all this crap, and there's never any consequences to it. You just kind of move on to the next <clears> episode." <throat> the fact that Tony Stark falls through a wormhole and there's that he's actually doing with post-traumatic stress i'm like that's such a subtle little thing but but it was such a brute like whoever decided to put that in top marks to you because it's a great it's just great way to connect the audience with the previous previous films and that that it actually happened a lot of films don't don't acknowledge that things actually happened in previous movies and that there's an after effect of it it's just oh it just 
snap your fingers and it's all away and you and it's just you know magically everything is great again i think the cool thing about the avengers though and especially the fact that they actually like call back to the avengers in that way it's a pretty big plot point is the fact that as you're watching the movie that's always in the back of your mind like he could have a breakdown at any second because he's still dealing with this this shit and it's like oh well that actually adds another level of intensity and kind of dread this movie and so he's dealing with that he's just been kind of going nuts building all these suits he's up to mark 42 if memory serves correctly he's at mark seven there you go in the avengers so he's built 35 suits in between the avengers <laughs> and shut up i know myself <laughs> he's built 35 i'm not laughing at you because you know your stuff i'm laughing at it because he built 42 suits <laughs> yeah i think it's a little bit of both that you're laughing at All right, yeah, there enough. you go but he, he's built 35 armors in between the avengers and the events of iron man 3 and you're sitting there just like wow he's kind of losing it there's a scene really early on they actually show the second trailer where you see him laying in bed with Pepper, and you see the armor just, like, come up, and I looked at Scott at this point, I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is not screwing around, like, yeah. this is, this is a much darker tone than the first two. Exactly, when things happen in this movie, it's, like, you really get a feel for it, they really, they really try, you know, they, uh, and that whole sequence itself, you, you learn a lot of things about the new suits, and um, kind of, uh, it kind of really sets things off. I go, oh, that's not really in the beginning of the movie, but it really becomes the action for the most part. I will, I will say one thing, and I know you're listening to an Iron Man 3 review, and yet I'm bashing on Iron Man 2 a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you'll have to listen to an Iron Man 2 review. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do an Iron Man 2 review. But the thing is about Iron Man 2 is that, I mean, the action scenes were pretty good in it, especially the last 20 minutes is pretty badass. But I never felt like he was in danger at any point. I'm just like, okay. I'm like, you're going to get through this fine because you're Tony Stark. There were multiple points watching this. I'm like, you just might be fucked. (laughs) And things just may not end well. And... And that and that's what and that's what keeps the excitement going is not knowing whether Tony Stark is going to live or die or not. <coughs> Excuse me. And they give and they kind of give you that with that kind of it's in I believe it's in the trailer with the the, the main action scene where uh, his house gets yeah. demolished and it's in the trailer so it's not necessarily a spoiler. So his house gets demolished and you really get to see number one his suit. But also kind of um, him in peril, like for, for the not just not just oh I can just call my suit whenever I want to. It's a uh, it's a legitimate legitimate uh, legitimate scene where we don't know whether he's gonna live or die or not. Um, but just to finish up this very quick plot synopsis, pretty much Tony Stark is dealing with post traumatic <clears throat> stress. He's having breakdowns. He's built all these suits, and then the Mandarin shows up who. If Mary, uh, Colin will tell you, he's not here, but he will tell you, that I called this <laughs> years ago. I was like, oh, he'll be in the third one. And I remember calling exactly saying, they won't get to a third one. I'm like, oh, they'll get to a third one. And as soon as this came out, I was like, oh, I feel like yeah. half of this podcast going to be like, ha, I told you so. <laughs> you know what? This is audio recording hey, of uh, me telling you that this would happen, and guess what? What you can suck it? What can I say? What 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 can I say? I like being right, but 
but the Mandarin is played by Ben Kingsley. Sorry, Sir Ben Kingsley. I, I apologize. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Oscar-winning Ben Kingsley. Kingsley. <coughs> and, and all joking aside, I was beyond ecstatic when I heard he was going to be playing the Mandarin. I'm like, oh wow, that's a really good choice. But after seeing him in the Love Guru, I'm like, mm, kind of. I'm like, you kind of yeah. need this movie. Absolutely. And um, shockingly, I thought he was right up there for Rob Downey Jr. I thought he was incredible when he was on screen. There was about, the first 45 minutes, I'll just tell you, if you're a kid or you're expecting something a, lot, a little lighter, you're probably going to be disappointed because there's a lot of stuff in here where I'm like, this is a lot darker than I expect. <laughs> like, um, when I saw the first trailer, I remember on YouTube, I remember I read this comment that said Iron Man Rises, and I was like, that's kind of funny. I was like, and as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, it kind of is Iron Man Rises. Like, it's not to the level of Dark Knight Rises, but I think that since the fact that Tony Stark is so much more of a likable character than Bruce Wayne, because he's not such an asshole to people that are in his life, you kind of watch it and you're like, dude, you just can't catch a break, can you? Like, when, because when his house gets destroyed, it's one of those things where it's like, wow, that sucks. Like, you see his cars fall in the ocean and like, right. and like, Pepper get blown back and it's like, oh my god, you, you're, you're, this sucks. And, like, that, and that brings into discussion the whole um, Pepper-Tony Stark relationship, which is one of the only things I had a problem with in the movie, was the the relationship. And, you know, the, the, the first one mainly, the second one kind of, there was always some tension between them. There was always, you don't really know, especially in the first one, you don't know if they're going to hook up or like be together and the, the third one was just very um, mediocre when it come to came to their emotional relationship yeah. together it was very uh, it was pretty boring to be honest with you but when it came to you know Tony having to fight for her that's where it really came back for me personally is when okay. when you know he made a point that she was very important in his life so that that kind of made uh, made a point that things were gonna happen and then that he was gonna try to make things right with her. Um, but bef- up until that point, it was just very blah. See, it's funny you bring that point up because I remember thinking, because um, I remember seeing the first trailer and him, a uh, second trailer, pardon me, and him going, you know, I have to protect everything that I care about, and that's you. Mm-hmm. Now, I was like, okay, that's a really cool line. I was actually waiting for him to say that line. Now, with that said, uh, Happy Hogan, John Favreau, who I was really happy he kind of put his pride aside, even though he wasn't directing this, and actually acted. And then I was like, I- I'm really happy that him and Shane Black are able to work that out. And for as little as he's in the movie, he does have a plot point that kind of makes you go, okay, this is... After this plot point happens, like, okay, now we've, we've kicked into that next gear, and it's pretty much action and intense after that. Um, with that said, if you care so much about Pepper, why the hell would you give the Mandarin your home address? Mm. That was that oh, was that some was... that was some. I was sitting mm. there in the theater. I'm like, you dumb mother. I'm just like, why would you do that? And yeah. and I'm sitting there holding my head like you. It, it, it's, 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 it's like it was almost like they didn't know where to start it. So they were like, hey. Let's have this press conference where Tony Stark's there, and he's just being an arrogant asshole like he always is, and he just challenges him to come to his house. 
pretty much. And they just kind of come up with... Uh, it just seemed a little bit... Not not lazy, but almost predictable in a way. I feel like... Because he's always in the limelight. And he he's always looking for the attention. So, call, calling for calling for him to come and meet him for a fight is what do you expect to happen you know see the thing is like i'm torn on that plot point because part of me is like you arrogant no good but it's like (laughs) but it's like that is so tony stark's character like i mean even as much as he grows that's there's still that cocky part of him that will resurface but then the other part of me is like that's such a ballsy man move it's like I'm so I'm like that's awesome that you have the balls to go here's my address Mofo come like, get me like I wish I was an asshole like, and if I was an asshole I'd be just like Tony Stark but I'm not so well I you know I mean, and, and we touched on this. When his house gets destroyed, it gets destroyed. There is nothing left oh, yeah, of his goddamn house. Yeah, it's like I mean, there's a there's kind of a ending scene where, you know, he's at his house and there is uh, implications, and uh, it's just like completely demolished. There's absolutely nothing left uh, of his house. Now to to get into the comic a little bit here because mm-hmm. now. Eh, and it, we can't get into spoilers because I promised you guys we wouldn't. But there is a twist in this movie, and I um, last I checked, Iron Man three was at a seventy. I believe it was seventy eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, what is? I'm sorry to interrupt, but what is the um, what is the the comic version of that? Since I'm not comically inclined. The the thing is with this movie is, is it, it accurate or is it not? It, it it's not. Okay. It, the thing is, it, it borrows it um, from a comic book. Um, comic book line extremis which is the the virus that makes the people explode and glow and all that which is in the movie the problem is that if you want to start picking this apart pepper Potts isn't originally in that storyline at all like he's he's absent um there's no happy hogan so i mean there are a lot of people are kind of like well pepper's in this and then this is taken out and it's like the thing is, like, comic book fans are probably the only fans that are more picky than Harry Potter fans. It's like, well, this isn't in there, and this isn't in there. It's like, you know well, what? That, it's that, like, not, as most, it's, not as most book fans, as most book followers as well. Well, I mean, we're not talking about, like, Percy Jackson or something like that. Like, just, well, <laughs> you know, when we eventually go over the uh, Twilight trilogy... There is. Have you read the books, by the way? I, I have not. I've I haven't either. We're gonna to, have to, to ask to, one of our to, female to, friends to, to quote Paramore. I refuse. I refuse. I will not read those goddamn books. But like, oh, they have a Twilight song. I didn't know that. Yeah, that, that's Paramore. Paramore to Twilight. Par, par, Paramore's amazing. It's the code of those. Anyways, <laughs> but but the, the thing is though, like comic book fans, like. I, I use this analogy quite a bit, but it's like, it's like a kid when they're like four or five and they go like, "Hey, I want ice cream for breakfast," and the parents like, "Uh, no, you can't have that." And the parents and the kids start screaming and crying. It's like, "Look, I'm doing this because I love you." Comic book fans don't always know what they want. I mean, right. look, look at Spider Man Three. They we said we want Venom, and we didn't get Venom. We got a very terrible version mm. of Venom. And with this, with this movie, it's like, look. Extremis was a great, great comic book run. It's easily top five that they've actually done with Iron Man. 
you can make the case it's as good as Demon in the Bottle, but that's a whole other topic. Um, they do pick and choose things from that arc, so if, as someone that's read the arc, you'd probably actually be better served to not read <laughs> before you go in this movie, because if you go in just fresh off reading it, you might find more things to nitpick. Um, I'd actually read it about a month ago, and I was just like, oh, well, they did this and changed this and da 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 so... I would actually recommend reading it after you watch the movie. But what they do take out had to be taken out. And what they added in had to be added in for the movie. So, you know, you, you do kind of have to take the good with the bad in this. Um, with that said, um, this twist that does occur about halfway through the movie. And I, mean, I feel like we both agreed on this that we weren't angered by like it wasn't a twist that was like us personally and you being kind of a comic main not maniac but fan just purist you weren't you weren't mad about it i i wasn't mad about it because the thing is guys it's more about like a like um the liberties that a director takes with a movie that they can kind of mold it any way they want and writers as well as that but you know, just kind of takes it a different direction, and I personally enjoyed it. I, I I was a little bit distracted by the Mandarin, personally, with his so-called accent that he uses, and uh, I, was, I was relieved when just things happen and the twist occurs, and I was, I was, I was glad about that. But personally, I think, and I know, I know you, Josh, were kind of felt the same on that boys and girls i'm gonna tell you right now you, you gotta give the twist a chance because i'll, I'll yeah. be i'll be the first to admit when this twist comes i i i wanted to go deaf comedy jam kind of go motherfucker but but then like yeah, and it but, wasn't even like a twist twist it wasn't even like what yeah, like it was like it, it was very flowing with the movie and it happened naturally i feel but it i can see how it angered purists but i i enjoyed it I, 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 I liked it. The thing is, the twist, as much as we're calling it a twist, is very organic to the trilogy, and you have to keep that in mind. For what they've set up, especially in the first movie, I, and I, I highly recommend you go back and watch the first movie before you watch this, because when you this twist occurs, and you think back to the first movie, you'll go, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense for the continuity of what the films have built. You can't think about the comics. you got to think about just the films. Mm-hmm. If you think about it in that respect, you'll go, you know what? Okay, this works. And most of the complaints I've read are about that twist. Um, let's, talk, let's talk a little bit about um, Tony Stark's time in the suit as well. Because there have been negative comments on that as well wanted to indulge on that a little bit see the thing about this is if you watch iron man one iron man two iron man one is so great because it Mm -hmm. is him building the suit and and going through the marks and going like okay this is what i have to do to get to here to get to this point to get this point iron man two is very much him you know going through his personal struggles and then finally getting that last suit iron man three there's a lot of him out of the suit and a lot of people complained about that, but what I think... Because you go, a lot of people go into an Iron Man movie thinking, oh, I'm going to see him in a suit flying around, shooting people, and just 
getting his destruction on, but it presents it in a way where you enjoy it. It's not like you wish that there were there were more time in suit, as though, you know, apparently a lot of people think so, a few people think so, but I, I know you did enjoy it. The, the, just the development of the character rather than him in the him in the suit all the time and plus the it develops into the ending where you kind of get the get the action that you need it's it's for the for the for the action junkies that want to see him in the suit it, it's there the the action is there the the what you're expecting what you expect out of Iron Man and Tony Stark is going to be there it's just that the, the way they start it and the way they go about it is still a little bit different than they have in the first first one. And the first one is different because, you know, he's building it and discovering it, you know. The, the thing with that, as far as his time in the suit, I think people kind of need to get a... Like, and I, I, I don't want to keep making this comparison, but it, this movie does, in many ways, kind of mirror itself off Dark Knight Rises. And I remember that was my biggest complaint about Dark Knight Rises. I'm like... I'm seeing a lot of Bruce Wayne, but Bruce Wayne's not doing really shit. He's just right. kind of bitching and being kind of a dick, and not even, like, an entertaining dick like Tony Stark. He's just being an asshole. Like, that's a whole never review, so I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll spare everyone from me ranting about that. But in this movie, what I appreciate is that when Tony Stark is Tony Stark, he has to actually, like, think shit out without the armor, and I appreciate, and it made me relate to the character more, because, like, yeah, yeah. it's like, he's kind of like there's a scene where he goes he's in this really small town with this little kid who I thought was one of the best parts in the movie but he's in this town with a little kid and and these soldiers are coming after him and he's like oh wow I have no armor okay I have to kind of figure out how to to kill these guys without my armor Mm -hmm. it's like and it's a very subtle reminder that this guy's a br- this guy's a brilliant scientist, and he knows what he's doing even without the armor. It's like you know what, yep. Bravo movie for for kind of reminding me of that. Um, we're we're sitting here just pretty much praising this movie. Um, as far as complaints, um, even though I didn't mind him being on the armor, one thing that really bugged me, and the more I thought about it after we got out of the movie, the more it did bug me. I I. I like the fact they expanded uh, Rhodey's role, uh, Don Sheel, who, mm. took, who took over for Terrence Howard, who was not good in the first one. But anyway, <laughs> it's a whole other thing. They expanded his role as Rhodey, but he's in the War Machine armor for like three minutes. And it is the most aggravating thing going back and watching that. It's like, you couldn't have given him more time in the suit. That's a little, uh, that's a little aggravating. So that's one complaint I had. Um... As far as another complaint, um, I can't even think of the actress's name. I, I feel bad. I can't remember it. But uh, she plays a scientist who uh, helps uh, co-find uh, extrem- extremists. Um, she's a plot device. That's literally all she is. You get no development of her character. She's pretty much there for 10 minutes. And as soon as you forget her name, she's pretty much gone. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. In the comics, she played a much bigger role. So I was kind of disappointed in the way they kind of almost treat her like a glorified extra I, that that bothered me and um i'm trying to think of anything else i can actually complain about oh oh here you go shane black he's only done a few movies that he's directed 
he has this obsession with Christmas time. I don't know what it is, but it is aggravating as hell. Because Lethal Weapon, Christmas time. Kisses, Bang Bang, Christmas time. And this one is like, oh my god, get over it. It's like, okay, I get it. You it's like, like the nostalgic Christmas feeling that you want everybody to feel while you're watching it. It's movie. like, it's like, and it's not even subtle. It's like, my god, I get it. You like Christmas. Just get over it. And just, but, um,. With that said, I'm trying to think of anything else I could complain about. I, I, you got anything? I, yeah, I would have... I would enjoy... I mean, as much as I can appreciate a character development outside of a billion-dollar suit, I would have liked to see Tony, maybe at least, maybe not in his suit, but in, in a lot of his different suits that he presents. And they kind of push that aside a little bit. Okay. And... And let let his character shine, which is completely fine. But I, I really like how they showcase that things that happened in the past actually affect you in the future. And that just because one movie happened doesn't mean the other one is connected in certain ways. But not that Tony is completely you know removed from that situation. That you know the emotions from the first or the second movie actually affect him. So I I I can appreciate that that the. That the director did. I also liked the the interaction that uh, Tony had with the young boy. I'm looking up his name right now. Um, let's see here. Um, Ty Simpkins Harley is his name. Okay, yeah. Um, really great back and forth with him. It's uh, kind of you know. Tony Starks, I'm gonna give you shit. I'll give you shit right back. And this kid is like, what? You know, 13, 10, 14. 10, 10, 12, 13. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Young, young kid, but he just gives it right back to him. I think that's great that some kids can have, you know, just as much, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. back and forth as Tony Stark can. You think Tony Stark is the most suave guy that there is, but it's, it's great that he kind of puts him in his place. I One thing that I've told Hunter that is, uh, you know, Penny, to me, is just kind of a character that is not lost, but I just don't think the relationship between them is... Wait, you mean Pepper? What did I say, Penny? You said Penny. You uh, went Big Bang Theory. Big Bang. <laughs> <laughs> Pepper, Pepper, Penny, you know. Tomato, tomato. Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X. Yeah, they're all black. Yeah. You, know, you never really know, right? They're all, you know, white women. Yeah, there you go. God. Anyway, I I just think that the relationship between them is just so blah. It's like it was built up in the first movie, absolutely, and the second one a little bit. I just want to like, there's, he's a suave guy. He's like attractive, handsome man, and he doesn't get any girls. All he has is some anniversary being some big ass and stuffed animal in for her and it's just it's very boring that's that's the only, that's probably the most boring part of this movie the rest where pepper is involved is extremely exciting and very very uh action packed but up until that point and up until uh certain events happen you know with you seen in the trailer the the house getting destroyed it's just very no, you know, show me something else. Show me, show me a different dynamic of that relationship. All right, two com, uh, two compliments, one complaint. Then we'll give her our, our, our final grades here. Um, uh, they expanded Pepper Potts' role 
very subtly, but they did it in a very organic way, and I was very happy. Just to even so, see are you disagreeing with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. Like, well, cause like I, I like the fact that some Marvel movies, and even Fox Marvel movies, have been kind of notorious for us having that damsel in distress. And I was just like, you know what? Especially in the comics, Pepper's such a smart character, and mm. she is the one person that can keep Tony Stark in line. And I appreciate the fact that she kind of a couple times goes, "Uh, no, we're doing this shit," and he's like, "But, but," she's like, "No, we're doing this shit." And seeing her in the armor. Is a really oh, yeah. cool little yeah. like it's it, it, it's it, it gets better. No, no, no. Like the beginning is the yeah. No, continue. I'm it, sorry. It, no, no. You're good. You're good. It, it's it's a. T- I, I was a little disappointed because to get into the comics here for a moment. Um, for those of you that read them, uh, Pepper at a point does get her own armor, which is called Rescue, and. For Iron Man 4, Lord willing, Marvel are no longer cheapskates and they actually re-sign goddamn Marv Downey Jr. to a fourth Iron Man. It would be so cool to see her War Machine in, in Iron Man fighting fill in the blank. So I was like, so just that little tease of, oh, she can actually handle the armor. It's like, oh my god, if they pull the trigger on this, this would be awesome. So mm. I, I, I love the fact that they actually gave her more to do and she wasn't just the screaming... Mary Jane Watson, like she, like the uh, girl, true. you know, true. in Spider Man. She's definitely more level headed um, in this film. Um, second off, the last forty minutes of this movie, I don't, I don't know if Shane Black was asleep, maybe at a point or something like that. But it's like he woke up and it's like, oh wow, so the fans want a bunch of action, we get with plot. I can do that in the last forty minutes, oh, it, 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 especially, and you see it if you look at the Super Bowl spot where. Uh, Air Force One is bombed. You see all those people falling out of the sky. It, that is one of the coolest action scenes I've seen in, in the last five years. It's one of those things. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's like it's plot all the way until then. And then, like you said, they just wake up. And it's like, well, we better give them what they want. And it's just, it's a great last, what, 20 minutes of the, the end of the movie, 25 minutes. And it's just you know, really worth the movie, to be honest with you. I mean, to seeing, to seeing the end and seeing, like you said the in the trailer where, uh, or what is it, the Super Bowl commercial? Is that yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl. yeah, where they're falling out of the plane. That's just a great sequence. And, and that, that really kind of brought me up to what I thought it would be to, you know, what my grade now. And uh, last compliment for this movie, the last... I'd say probably the last half hour, when you, if you saw the second trailer, you saw a very huge, huge, huge nerd little nudge, like, hey, we didn't forget about you guys. You see the Hall of Armor, you see, you know, the Hulkbuster armor, which, if the Hulk goes crazy in the Avengers 2, Avengers 2, we might actually see. You see the space armor, which could lead into Guardians of the Galaxy, if Marvel goes that way. You see all these nice little right. nerd nods to... Marvel Comics is like, oh my god, you guys did your homework, well done, and you see them face the extremist soldiers, and it's like, this is great. Whoever thought, bravo to whoever did this. Absolutely. Now, now with that said... Yeah, what's, uh, let's see the, what's the, the final word. The big negative on this for me, or one of the biggest negatives, is there are a couple of Avengers uh, nods that are just so awkwardly shoved in, it's like, it almost stops the movie, like... It, it, it's the one complaint to pull from a 
a, a movie I know random to pull from Star Trek the original the the Abrams reboot where they kind of put these lines in and you're kind of like you didn't need to do that you could have left that alone and th- there's a point where uh, Guy Pierce's uh, Adrian uh, Killian uh, makes this comment where he's like oh ever since that hammer fell out of the sky you know salty's right. kind of gone out of the window right. and I remember that was a moment watching the movie I'm like wow you totally just stopped the whole movie to stick that random Avengers Thor reference and you didn't need to do that um, they already had addressed the Avengers with the post-traumatic stress disorder. They yeah, really didn't need to. They, they had already had backstory. They don't really need to continue on with that. There, there were a couple points in the movie like that where it's like, oh, you could have left that out. It's like, hey, remember the Avengers movie? Like, this is connected. It's yeah, just like top, top, just too much over yeah, the top. It, it really was, and and it does kind of it. it in my opinion, it actually hurt the movie, and it kind of hurt the grade I'm going to give it. So, in case you kids do not know, our highest rating is a FFT, which is a fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, then we go A+, plus, A-, minus, all the way down letter grades. And our lowest descent of Dante's Inferno, a.k.a. Hell, is a go-fuck-yourself. This movie, I went into it, again, like I said, optimistically cautious thinking optimistically cautious let me just stop you there go ahead (laughs) josh hunter is a as far as i know iron man is probably one of his favorite movies slash comic remakes onto film so the build-up to this movie for him as far as i know it was off the charts so the way that his it met his expectations should be should account for something i believe because your expectations were so high, it actually met a lot of them for you, correct? It, it met most of them. Like, right. The, the, the thing is, like, Shane Black hasn't done a movie, I don't think, since Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which I believe was 95. So it's probably been a, almost ugh, almost 20 years since he's directed a film. So it's it's been a while. I know he has that relationship with Rob Ben Jr. The, the script it, it is solid. There's not a whole lot of wiggle room. The humor... It's really funny, and it's always pleasantly surprised. Everybody classic, your classic Robert Downey Jr. humor. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he he did a great job as he always does. He, he's Robert Downey Jr. He's a two-time Academy Award nominated actor. He knows what he's doing at this point with this character. Um, I, I will say the last thing before I actually give my grade. Uh, this felt like almost a re-audition for Iron Man for him like cause mm-hmm. if in case you guys don't know his contract actually ends with this with Iron Man 3 so he's actually rego- renegotiating his contract with Marvel here uh, as we speak and it really did feel like he was just like oh yeah by the way you can't replace me because I completely embody this character and after watching this I couldn't agree more this guy is Iron Man uh, fun fact um, actually Look this up. Movies without Robert Downey Jr. in the Marvel films make 65% less at the box office. That is a huge drop off. Right. So if Marvel is smart, they will resign him for whatever he asks for, for as every movie as he wants to do this. So, with all that said, um, <coughs> a couple awkward Avengers moments, the plot twist is going to divide fans. I, I fully acknowledge that. But for me, the plot twist actually enhanced the movie and made it better. The action scene's really good. Again, a couple of awkward Avengers references. 
some of the some of the plot not the plot um some of the lines don't always work but overall it's a damn good movie and it's definitely better than iron man 2 it's right there on the cusp of being as good as iron man 1 you can actually make a case it could be as good you know in a couple years after you watch it a few times so yeah i i'd give an a minus myself yeah i uh i'd have to agree with you coming out of the movie i think coming out of the movie it was more of an a for you as, as far as i know and then we talked about it a little bit and kind of dissected it a bit and i i came on the same decision as you the a minus um you know the action is great as always, and we love seeing the Iron Man character do his thing, and we love seeing, you know, just the development of him. But it's behind the scenes, the plot development with him and him and uh, Penny Pepper. Pepper. Oh my God, <laughs> Penny is Penny. Pe- hey Penny, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking James Bond right now. You are. You're thinking. Well, he's pretty Penny. much like some rich white guy with his like assistant who he occasionally has sex with. Um. Anyways, I just think that relationship just fell short, and the action was absolutely there. But um, I'd have to agree with you. I think I'm gonna go with A minus on this one, just because it is Iron Man. Iron Man three way better than the second one. Very comparable to the first one. Um, with a lot of new stuff, um, things you wouldn't expect. The twist is great. I love the twist along with Hunter, but um, I'd have to give it an A minus as well. Very. Uh, you should go see it absolutely if you haven't seen it yet it's definitely a movie you need to you, you need to see oh and by the way um fun little story here wow we've been recording for over 41 minutes <laughs> kill us um you don't need to pay 3d to see this like yeah I mean, oh absolutely you, you really don't like no. i mean like i love marvel and scott will tell you i i am a huge marvel guy but I was all sitting there, and the only reason we, the only reason we got the 3D tickets is because I'm t- I'm terrible at directions, and I gave us the wrong. Way. He gave me the wrong directions, and then he blamed it on me. And the manager yelled at us, but he ended up giving us the 3D glasses and taking us to the 3D movies. So we got saw it in 3D anyways, yeah. which it was it was badass. Yeah. But we 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 paid we paid to see it in regular. Nothing, nothing you'd miss if it's regular. Yeah, the, the only scene that was really a standout in the 3D was the uh, Air Force One scene. That was a scene I was like, oh wow. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, but, you get a real feel for what's going on in that in that scene. But yeah, but one scene out of almost a two and a half hour long movie, it, it's not worth it. You'd save your money, buy the ridiculously overpriced concessions, and just see it in 2D. That, that's what I'd recommend. But anyways, kids, that's our Iron Man 3 review. Uh, we may do a spoiler-filled uh, review. Who knows? We'll figure that out. And but, we, we'll just, you can't, you know, just do whatever we feel like doing. So uh, you can suck it if you want. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's or not. <laughs> subscribe to us, please. Oh my gosh, do whatever you have to do to subscribe to us, all your friends. Yeah, so yeah, t- yeah. Sp- spread us around. Tell your friends. But that's Iron Man three. If you go see this, uh, it comes out on Blu-ray, I believe, in August. I've already pre-ordered it at Walmart. I know I'm sad, but you definitely. Uh, should definitely uh, watch this. So, all right, guys, we're good. We're out. Cheers.